We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast. Everton FC 3, Newcastle United nil. A sobering, devastating, frustrating defeat for Eddie Howe's men in our annual midweek game at Goodison Park as Newcastle United missed their chance to put pressure on the top five, six of the Premier League. I'm Stu, and I'm here tonight with Ez, Norman and Emil. Now, if you're new, well, welcome along. Uh, if you're not new and you're a regular or even a patron, perhaps you're wondering where the usual crew is, including Alex. Well, they're out commiserating um, at the True Faith Christmas party. And very much like Newcastle United's squad depth, uh, we are down to the bare bones. So you have a combination of boyish youth and old stalwarts. <laughs> I'll not say who that is. Um, the is through the very packed festive schedule tonight. Um, now, the True Faith pod, Newcastle United podcast is, of course, available in all your usual places. If you'd like to listen to this pod, completely ad-free and also enjoy hundreds and hundreds of uh, podcasts from between three and eight pounds a month. Why not sign up and join us? So we'll kick off, gents. Um, a horrible night for Newcastle United. And I want to ask, uh, Norm, we'll come to you first on this. This is a, 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 a say uncharacteristic away defeat, but it's not really because our away record rather poor, as I'm sure we'll get into. So is this defeat in our general away form? Is it now a serious issue, Norman? And do we need to ask questions? Or is it you know a, a case of two individual errors, you know, and nothing more than that, considering our, our huge, huge injury list. Before we get into that serious issue, I'd just like to say it's a serious issue that I clearly wasn't invited to the True Faith Christmas do. Uh, absolutely outrageous. And I'll be writing a strongly worded letter to um, the like CEOs or whatever they are that are in charge of the company nowadays. But uh, no, in, in, all, in all honesty, made it, I think it made it both. Like the away form is, is, is a concern. I was on a podcast not two days ago saying it wasn't a concern and yeah, we all 48 hours later, it is a concern. Hey, how is that for fickleness? Um, it is a concern because we're just not picking up the points, right? But at the same time, yes, yes, that performance tonight was, for me, really a reflection of just exactly where we're at in terms of the fact that we are down to the bare bones. Those players were shattered, mate. And the reality is for what the first, I'm saying the first, you don't call it the first year, for almost 80 minutes of the match, there wasn't that much between the teams. Okay, Everton had a lot of the ball in the box, very Deich-like in terms of, you know, getting getting that ball in the box early. Harrison and McNeil in particular were doing well. I thought Garner and Decorier played very well using their physicality, but they didn't actually create that many clear-cut chances. Uh, there was a lot of, obviously, Newcastle like sort of last-ditch defending, but 
ultimately, we still had opportunities. I think Gordon could have probably put a couple of goals up. Um, and if that happens, I think it's a different game. I think if we take the, take a goal lead, you know, we get the uh, get where I suppose that that the determination levels go up ever so slightly. There's there's a you know the energy levels go up because you're a goal up. But as soon as the second goal went in, mate, as soon as the second goal went in, that was it. It was collapse, and I think that's kind of reflective of the fact that for the last couple of games we have been running more or less on adrenaline, and you can tell that was shattered because a player like Kieran Trippier doesn't make two mistakes like that in a match. He really makes a mistake like that for a start, but the fact he's made two in the same match to me just shows how much he's been putting in over these last few games. And it's yes, it is a concern the way form, but as I say, at the same time. These circumstances are so, so unique, mate. And also, you look at it like this, even when the players are shattered, you get to the 75th minute more, people are tired. The options we've got from the bench, we've brought on Emil Kraft and Matt Ritchie, and I, they're not going to change the game at all. Um, 2 nil down with 12 minutes to go, I think, when they came on, if you take the 10 minutes injury time into it, and we just didn't have, we didn't have a chance, and, and that's the position we're in at the moment. If we go a second goal down in games, it's highly likely we'll lose because we can't affect any sort of change from the bench. So... Yeah, the away forms are concerned me, but at the same time, we have to really sprinkle it with a massive dose of the fact that we are completely done in. I couldn't agree more. Um, Emil, Everton had you know more possession, more shots, um, a better um expected goals, although not many people will hang their hats on that. In your view, you know, what was the, the main catalyst for, for our defeat tonight? Am I allowed to just go Kieran Trippier's two mistakes? I mean, <laughs> there's the catalyst right there. You lose the ball near our goal like that and uh, the rest is history. Um, they were just waiting for us to do something like that. You know, as Norman says, the, the tiredness of the team, you get little things like that creep into world-class players like Kieran Trippier, who has had a great season so far. And, you know, there will be people who say, oh, drop him this, drop him that. And and that's just the classic reaction to uh, not just any loss, but an Ever Everton loss, really. Um, it makes it 10 times worse, doesn't it? It makes the reaction so much worse than it seems. Um, yeah, the, the catalyst for that was unfortunately two mistakes. You let them in like that. Um, and, and it almost it was like a it was almost like a domino effect rather than a catalyst. You know, Trippier messes up, uh, the players get through. Uh, you saw Cher didn't even try to, to stop McNeil, uh, so there was fault there. And then I thought Dubravka looked fairly weak for for all of the goals, especially I mean that that last one when it came through. But um, just oh, it's, it's so disappointing to lose because it, it, I think it flattered Everton in, in the end. It was it was due to be a one nil. Either way, whether it was us maybe getting lucky um, or, or Everton doing the same, I thought it might have just been the one, but to to get those last two, it was just like, oh, just uh, horrible. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Norman on the way this one feels. And, and yeah, I think that it was just a team that couldn't hang on any longer. There's shades of the, the, the Bournemouth game as well, where they almost, you can see the team has reached the end of their tether in terms of fatigue and... I say they're just out in their legs for the last 10 minutes and maybe coincided with the two extra goals. As I mean, it's been mentioned a little bit already. It was a big night for Anthony Gordon tonight. Um, it was like a pantomime every time he got the ball, or just a cacophony of booze. You know, I suppose two questions do you think that affected his game tonight, whether he tried to block it or not? And should he have scored two goals? Um, I don't know if it affected him. To be honest with you, it felt like um, 
Yeah, it, it felt like possibly it did. He snatched at a couple of chances, which I think he could have. I think his decision making uh, maybe potentially altered his decision making. It's it's hard to know, but um, it must be difficult to play in that kind of environment. He must have known it was coming. Um, uh, he had one really really good chance in the second half. I think it was um, Isak on the left hand side, and he 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 started dribbling past a couple of players. And I'm sure every Newcastle fan like me was, was thinking, "Oh, hold on a minute, is he going to do it again?" And then he slid the ball into Gordon, and you just thought, "Oh, come on, just you could maybe go a bit further into the box." I think Miggy was running in behind him, could potentially have slipped him in. And I think he just snatched at the chance. I think he was desperate to get a goal. And I think that might have affected um, some of his decision-making. I think he was barely subdued overall in the game. But I don't. I, I think that had less to do with the booze and the, the pantomime and more to do with fatigue, just like the rest of the players. You know, he looked sharp at times, but uh, as, as the game wore on, uh, he, got, he got more and more tired. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, um, when the game got to 2-0, and they put the the board up for ten minutes stoppage time. Never have I been like, I don't care about the stoppage time. Just please, just end this game now. Um, it was Everton's third home win in nine months, which is a really really depressing stat. But they have they've had their they've had their PSG game. As far as I'm concerned, they've beaten the Champions League team on a on a weekday evening. They've had their evening, um, you know, um, to 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 savor. Uh, good luck to them for the rest of the season. I thought they worked fairly hard um, throughout the game. They kept their shape, but yeah, um, I, I, I don't know if um, I, I, personally, I don't think our away form has been particularly bad. Um, I, 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 we, we beat Sheffield United eight 0 in September, and we've had basically a sample size of four of Premier League away games since the Sheffield United game. It's not a massive sample size. Two of those games we've drawn against Wolves and West Ham and the other two, we've lost, I think, out more out of fatigue than anything else. So I don't think it's panic stations. Um, and yeah, going back to the Gordon point, I think it was more to do with fatigue than than emotion. As you mentioned, Isak, the, that run that he made to a chance for Gordon was absolutely sensational. But I've just been messaging some mates prior to that saying he looks absolutely done. I think we, we saw this coming. The reality is he's Obviously, had a long-term injury. He's come back and he's playing every single minute, and it it's clearly having an impact on him. And tonight, I think we saw the the sort of zenith of that impact. He was just completely withdrawn from the game. So, yes, we're starting the match with ten outfield players, but Isak in particular, you could probably make a, a kind of argument for other players as well. He's absolutely battered. You know, I mean, credit to him the fact that he's plowing that sort of lonely furrow and he's. He's doing what he can, but I, I would be surprised if he's at fifty percent of the level that he can normally play at in terms of his in terms of his fitnesses. At the minute, he was just he was just out of the game altogether. And of course, yes, he wasn't getting many clear cut chances. But a lot of the time, a player like Isak, those clear cut chances come because he gets himself into the positions. His movement on the box is so good that he that, that he makes he makes the space for 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 for, for players to have the option of, of playing him in. Um, he had. One really good chance, I thought, which was the header. And in that header itself, his leap wasn't convincing. His connection wasn't convincing. And that's not because Alexander Isak's a bad player. It's because Alexander Isak is he's running on fumes. So, yes, I think we've actually been quite lucky, really, since Bournemouth to have those two home games to put the six points on the ball. Because I think, you know, you throw another away game into the mix. Instead of the two home games against Manu and Chelsea, we might be looking at another defeat. And... 
it's difficult to blame anyone. It's difficult to blame anyone. You know, 11 injuries to, to not, not just sort of average players. You're talking real class players because the squad has got a lot of class threaded through it. And, and this is going to happen. We're in the Champions League. We're a team that plays at high intensity. We're expected to be in the top four and we've got half a squad missing. There's no other Premier League has got an injury. Premier League team has an injury list like this. And I think they were saying on the commentary tonight, sort of historically, there hasn't really been a team at that level, at the height, that the, the sort of level that we are in the league that has had an injury list so severe. It's it's just incredibly, incredibly bad, bad luck. All very good points. Can't disagree any of that. I think we were roundly beaten tonight. Um, obviously, the score says that. But a lot of it was... In the game, I thought Everton were very physical uh, and, we, and we just didn't have the legs or the energy to, to compete with that. We did for 60, 70 minutes and then as soon as the goal went in, as we've said, that was it done. But we will continue on and we will finish up this section. Um, it's going to be a short break and we'll be back to talk about our waveform in general. We're back, section two, and we'll jump straight in. Ed's going to start with you. We are going to talk about our waveform. So, um, obviously, we have been poor away from home. You you briefly mentioned it uh, in part one. And I, I suppose I want to get your view on expectations or what you would like to see this season um, from Newcastle United. So, does this game, this result, does it change your expectations? Um, do we have to wait until Sunday, away, another away game occurs before we start panicking uh my editor above us they're awful um and we obviously put them to the sword last weekend you know how i suppose how good are we considering we can't seem to win away well i was just saying a, a few days ago on one of our patreon podcasts that i think we'll finish fourth so uh i might need to revise that again going back to being a fickle fan maybe not so much i don't know Look, Spurs is going to be Spurs away will be one of our toughest away games this season. You know, it's got to be in our top five like, or oh, toughest away games this season. Um, it's the games are coming thick and fast. If we get a draw from that game, that would be that would that would be great. Uh, maybe we do need to start thinking about realigning some of our expectations, particularly if we get through in Europe and then we've got more games again at the beginning of next year. It's clear that even when we get players back, that's still not going to, um, I, I don't think that's still going to be enough for us to keep playing at the the, the cadence in which we're playing games. Um, I still think we're going to pick up more injuries and we're still going to have these conundrums where we are, we are fatiguing our players. So with all that being said, I think, um, you know, top six, top eight would be would be would be great. Uh, our away form, as I've said before, I'm not too worried about. I don't think it's anything to panic about. Uh, we beat Man United in the League Cup. Um, okay, we lost to Borussia Dortmund away from home, but again in the Premier League, we've lost four games since our historic win. Uh, sorry, we've played four away games in the Premier League since our historic win against Sheffield United, two of which we've drawn against two tough teams. I don't think we need to over um, exaggerate. The fact that we haven't been so great away from home, I don't think there's enough of a pattern emerging in in away form for us to say it's a real, real concern. Um, as I've said before, I think it's more to do with the fact that these away games are coinciding with the fact that we're, we've had a run of games and we're just playing the same players and then it's just one game too much for for those players to to perform in. I think I can make a case for the top four. And I, th I think that 
we are, despite all these injuries and despite the fact that we're already we've already lost the same amount of games this season as we had we had in the entirety of last season in the league. Um, I can still make a case for the top four because I think the top three's going to be more or less signed, sealed, and delivered with Liverpool, Arsenal, and Man City. But actually, the other challengers for that fourth spot. No, last season it was fairly straightforward. Actually, the top four was more more or less sort of sealed off. Um, but this this particular season, um, you've got basically Brighton, who are looking very inconsistent because they've got Europe as well. Uh, you've got Spurs, who have really started to drop off. You've got also, um, I would say, Tottenham. Um, sorry, I've already mentioned Tottenham. Um, Aston Villa, who I feel almost certainly going to have a bit of a collapse. So uh, we are quite lucky in that sense that there's actually, what, maybe four teams you, you could see are, are going to be rivals for that top spot. I didn't even mention Manu. Did I Manu again? Another sort of poor side. I mean, they haven't beaten anyone, I don't think, in the top 10, unless Chelsea were in the top 10 when they beat them the other night. But yeah, there is. we are having a kind of stroke of fortune in the sense four or five teams who are um, basically looking at that top four spot and kind of having really inconsistent results. Get those players back. Get on like a sort of four or five game winning streak, even a six game winning streak, which we know are capable of. And I think I think we could be, you know, looking at the end of February going, actually, top four is, is a definite possibility. How was that for optimism? It's very optimistic it's, and admirable considering uh, what we've all just watched for 90 minutes. Uh, Emil, you know, we, we've obviously there is optimism to be had and, you know, it's, it's not doom and gloom. We're, like, we're four points off uh, Manchester City. I know they're having a great season, but that's still quite good considering the injuries we've had. When when we get a couple of players back, not loads, I think Harvey Barnes and Sven Botman are quite close to coming back, maybe even Sean Longstaff. For, for you, what is the key thing that needs to change? Is it just rest, recuperation? Is it rotation? Or is there something else that's not really happening in these away games that is clearly happening in the home games? Because I think the argument is, look, we know you're exhausted, we get it, and it's completely understandable. But how come you're able to do it so consistently at home and then not away? There must Is it just the amazing crowd? What, in your view, sort of needs to change or is, is the catalyst for those sort of worse results away? If I told you that, they'd probably hire me at the club, to be honest. Um, it seems like one of those questions that only, you know, someone who can see the future can say. We did it last year. That's the thing. I think we were maybe spoiled a bit by the, you know, the, the, the way that we went about our business on the road last year. It might just be a case that teams have somehow maybe worked us out a bit more. Maybe teams are over precautious when it comes to Newcastle. I mean, that being said... You know, we struggled against teams like Everton, those who were basically around the relegation zone last season or in that bottom half. You know, we saw some absolute dross in those games. I remember, you know, we, we struggled against Crystal, Crystal Palace. Um, we, we were struggling to, to see those teams off and it was a constant complaint. And now we're being able to do it at home. But, you know, so it feels as though, you know, Newcastle's just that constant scale. You know, you, you start piling it on one side and it does very well. And then, you know, you lose something on the other side. So maybe they're trying to measure it up that way um and and that's the constant problem that we've got we're never going to be happy with everything you know the the home um the, the home uh, um what's the thing i'm looking for atmosphere sorry uh, the atmosphere at home is is near enough you know perfect it, it's great I, I know that um we've had our question marks over the the dortmund game but you know largely it's very good um i don't know i just what 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 can we do? What can we do differently? You know, we we go out of a cup, we'll have 
some sort of reaction to that, won't we? That we're not happy. You know, if if we lose to Chelsea, we'll be like, well, why have we lost to Chelsea when we were this close to a semi final? Now we've got that added element of the pressure of the the weird time bloody derby in January. That's gonna be pressure because we could say, well, at least we'll be out of a, a tournament if Sunderland go on and win, but that would be unacceptable, even though we have gone out of the, the FA Cup in the third round the last two times. Um, we just can't catch a break with breaks. We can't get a break. Uh, and if we ask for a break, then, you know, that's the issue. Um, it's it's not great. Um, but, you know, if we were to look and go into great detail with, with losing to Everton at Goodison Park against a team who arguably wanted the points more, then, you know, we could be here for days trying to pick that one apart. It's it's so difficult. Yeah, I just wanted to make a quick point as well on Manchester United because I've seen lots of stuff going on comparing where we are compared to Manchester United given that we gave them a hiding last week and they're still above us in the table. Got quite, quite sure how that's happened. But when you look back at their previous few fixtures, they've played the likes of Luton, Fulham, Sheffield United, Brentford. Even their Champions League games against the likes of Copenhagen and Galatasaray, you know, weaker European teams. They've had a much, much kinder fixture list than we have. I mean, we have had some really, really intense games. If you just look at the last week we've had. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to be too hyperbolic about, uh, oh, you know, Manchester United are above us, yet they're so terrible. How are they picking up results? They've played, a, they've played much weaker teams than we have, and I think we need to kind of put that into perspective as well when you look at the table. It's still early stages. We're still not even halfway through through the season. Is I'll stick with you, and I'm going to come to the, the other two in a moment. Um, after tonight, well, I know you said fourth on the preview. I think I may also said fourth, by the way, so slightly embarrassing there. Um, and I do, myself, keep changing every other week. It'll be sixth, it'll be fourth. We're a title challenge, things like that. Where do you expect us to finish sitting here right now? I mean, you know, you can ask me that question every single podcast and every single podcast you're going to get a different, uh, probably a different uh, answer. I, I would say top six now. I'm going to revise it to top six, just given... Uh, by the way, I had a bad feeling about this game going. I had a worse feeling about going into this game than I did Manchester United or Chelsea. I really did. Even PSG, to some extent. I felt I felt more, more that something might like this might happen, just given that this is the end. It feels like it's the end of a run, a sequence of, of, of like the fourth game. And I think this game could have been at home, and I'm not sure the result would have been any different just because of the, the circumstances. Um yeah, top six for me would would be would, would be uh, where I would where I would think, and actually I'd be quite happy with top six. You know, given given how this season is playing out, top six would be a wonderful achievement. Where we're at right now, I agree, top six would be a wonderful achievement, but players will start to come back, and we're still in the conversation right now for top four. We we won tonight. I think would be what one point off the top. We'd be joining up points with Man City. I think if we won tonight, wouldn't we? So. It's fine margins and, you know, there are whispers or there are rumours that Botman, Wilson and Barnes are all very much on the way back. There's three outstanding players come back straight here. Yes, of course, they'll have to get, you know, fully match fit, but ultimately it means that we've got options from the bench for a start. Um, how we can make changes to the starting lineup? Things will start to improve. And if we, let's say, get, what, five of those players that are out at the moment back by mid-January, we're bringing a couple of players during the window. I'd imagine that we will. Then 
there's no reason, as I said before, we can't go on one of those decent runs where we got, you know, eight games unbeaten, picking up six wins in those eight games. If we do that, which we're very capable of, then we're still going to be in the conversation for the top four come March. So, yes, we've just had an awful defeat against a horrible team with a horrible manager in a shit stadium. But, but, in context, looking at the bigger picture, get those players back. Given where we are right now, only a couple of points off Man, uh, a few points off Man City, we can still do it. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to try and predict exactly where we'll finish. But what I will say is that we will still be, in my opinion, come mid March in the conversation for the for that fourth spot. Yeah, for me, um, we just have to crack on. The thing is, I think it was mentioned at the live podcast that Newcastle bounced back very well. So, you know, uh, poor Tottenham. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, and if you remember rightly, I think uh, Tottenham were the ones that got us... It was the 6-1, wasn't it? Just after we lost the final, the Carabao final. Um, so, yeah, no, I I, I, I just believe I, I, every single time that I'm disappointed by this current Newcastle team, I believe. And we saw it the other week. Bournemouth felt like, Bournemouth felt like, you know, awful. The, the feeling in my stomach after that one was sickening, you know, and we do have to expect this now. I put a tweet out and someone said, oh, you're just making excuses, but it's true. When you support a team that start playing well, little teams who don't get these results start targeting you. And, I mean, look at Man City against Villa. I know Villa were brilliant last night, but, we have to accept this now that this is just who we are and we are a scalp that that's that's something great um i i don't think we'll finish fourth i'm i'm starting to worry about that time will tell because you know i want newcastle to stay in europe massively but if we somehow exit both competitions because that could still happen even if we get into the europa league with the the playoffs that await us if we if we finish third um I I think maybe fifth or sixth is is realistic for Newcastle, and that is not a bad feat. Um, considering you know, a, I hate to say it, but a year ahead of schedule, uh, maybe maybe even even more years ahead of schedule. I know that we expect the best, and these players who come to Newcastle expect that as well. But um, yeah, I think fifth or sixth is probably a realistic thing. Um, and and really go for the Carabao Cup. You know, even even try and win it this year, that would be amazing. If you think about what, what Ez was saying, the players that will eventually come back, um, that would be a nice little thing. And then you win that and you, you get into a, a European Cup that way as well. well if we don't. <laughs> well, we will see. We will take a short break now and then we'll come back and we'll actually talk just about that, uh, amongst other things, the uh, impending away trip again to Spurs. Part three of the show, uh, we're going to have a look at me. I'm going to stick with you, and I'm going to ask you, oh, this is a hard question. I know we may have to sort of pin up a job at Newcastle um, if you can answer <laughs> these questions well. So it's about the Spurs game. You know, we're, we're, it's, it's fresh in our minds because it's the next fixture, and also there's such a short gap in between them. It's on Sunday. How do, how should or how does how prepare for Spurs you know, are you concerned about the Spurs game? And at this point, considering the result, the results that we've had away, would a draw now be a really, really good result for us? I'm amazed that we've not had more draws. I think that's the weird thing. I, I've I've forgotten what it's like to draw because, um, you know, we we sometimes you sometimes say, you know, a point away from home is an excellent point gained. Uh, sometimes 
you know, given the the form that Newcastle have been in, sometimes I, I don't know. There's, there's been a weird thing recently where people have started saying, "Stu, I think we were on a podcast about it recently." That after it was the Wolves game, wasn't it? The last time we we drew, where um, you know, I, I was told that a draw wouldn't be good enough, and and lo and behold, it happened. But you know, that that is the thing. Um, we have to be. If we can't win away from home, then we'll we'll try our best to not get beat. I think that was one of the quotes of uh, last season or the the season before. Um, but I mean, Tottenham Tottenham aren't exactly flying. They thought they were back up to speed tonight. They've just lost to West Ham two one. So um, that you know, I think that it will be a very good draw if we manage to go to Tottenham in their current state. But who says that we can't frustrate them and and do do them like we have uh, other teams? Um, impossible question to think how we prepare for that one. I just hope that he perhaps considers a bit of rotation because what does Eddie Howe value more? Does he want to try and beat Milan comprehensively or does he want to save some face in the league and keep gaining on that that top pack? Again, I, I think he's got the hardest job in the world right now. Yeah, uh... Completely agree. Spurs are on a really, really poor run of form at the moment. Uh, yeah, they've lost tonight. They've lost four of their last five games, I believe. But they'll also be looking to bounce back at home. So it's going to be a tricky game. It's going to be a, quite a, a, a dangerous fixture for us because I really, really hope we get some players back for this. If we've got the same out 10 outfield players again, I'm not sure what difference we're going to see in performance given they're only going to have three days to recover and then come back down to, to London. Um, a little bit of a concern as well, especially around this evening's performance with from uh, Dubravka. I don't know if anyone else picked up on it. He looked really um, good with his with his feet, but not so good with his hands. And I don't know whether he was just nervous or what, but he's kind of a little bit flappy on corners. And I don't know. I, I, one of the goals went through his legs as well, didn't it? I think it was the third goal. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, the, the rest of the players around him, just their fatigue, just let him down. Um, but uh, he just he didn't seem right to me. And then, you know, Longstaff, Botman, Wilson, Barnes, I think are the closest ones to regaining fitness and coming back into the fold. But they haven't been pictured training. Don't know if they'll be ready for this game. And if they are ready for this game, how how match fit are they really going to be for this game? So I'm, I'm really concerned about this one. So I've said before, I think a draw would be a fantastic result. And moreover, actually, I think whatever happens in the Tottenham game, just not picking up any more injuries because, because lads, this time next week, we could be through uh, to the qualifying stages of the Champions League. And all of this shite from this evening will have been long forgotten. <laughs> That is a beautiful thing to see it is. Thank you for that. That's uh, picked me up just before, obviously, I go to bed. I probably would have been crying to be pillow otherwise. Um, one of the concerns from tonight was obviously Lidl's going off, potentially injured. I don't know if there's been any uh, any news on that just yet, but he did go off with what looked like a knock. With a knock. Um, I think you're right, as I don't think any of these players are going to be ready for, um, for this particular match. What we may well need to do... <laughs> is potentially give Lewis Hall a start and just, like, look at maybe, maybe playing Gordon through the centre and giving Isak, like, a bit of time off so he can come off from the bench with maybe sort of 20, 25 minutes left where he might be more impactful Um, just because, as I say, he, he looked he looked absolutely done into me. So it's it, it's just going to be a very, very tough game, regardless of how bad their results have been uh, lately. 
They're at home. The game that they lost tonight was a derby match again. You know, West Ham and Tottenham absolutely hate each other. It's a it's a different kind of game. I think I think we'll struggle. I, I'd be I'd be delighted with a point. I'd be absolutely delighted with a point. Um, no two ways about it, regardless of their bad form. And you know, coming away with a point, what does it mean? Well, it means that they it means that they don't increase the gap between us and them. Another, as I say, another rival for the top four. So I, I would I would absolutely take it. Um, but as I say, I think Lascelles being injured would be an issue. Um, we do have Kraft and Dummett who can come in, obviously. But Lascelles has been fantastic lately. I agree with you on what you said on Dubravka. He did look shaky. He's barely played for what two seasons, and ultimately there's no there's no reserve football anymore. There used to be reserve football where you know your your sort of reserve goalkeeper could kind of keep up to speed, but that he hasn't he hasn't even had that. So I hesitate to put too much blame on him. Blame on him. Let's see where he's at after the Spurs game. But yeah, lads, it's it's going to be a tough one, and a draw would be a great result. It's bunker down. It's, it really is. There's plenty of games coming our way and not much uh, good signs in terms of injuries. For me, I, you know, I think a draw would be a good result. Like any away away draw against a top six, top seven team has to be considered a good result. And I think that we're eminently capable of doing that. We're also capable of winning. We've done there before under our previous manager, who I won't mention, uh, where Mr. Drew Linton scored a very rare goal for him. So it's happened before, you know, and I think we can certainly do it again. But we are really under the cost, as you've all said. Emil, the... If we have to play the same team, assuming we don't have people fit and back, does there need to be a change in our setup or our mentality? Obviously, Eddie Howe plays a specific way, you know, to go almost to get a draw, but like Everton did tonight, to play to frustrate, to play to block out, low block, as opposed to trying to play the free-flowing attack on football. Sorry, what was that bit there? I missed it. <laughs> Just is is there is there an argument that how should change his mentality to go and oh. play for a draw on this, considering our, our injury you know, list and I, where, we, where we've been? I don't actually think he's got it in him. Maybe maybe this is like you know um, the, the, I don't know if anyone's seen that Ronnie O'Sullivan documentary, but Ronnie O'Sullivan's idea wasn't so much about the win; it, it was so much about playing the game well. And I feel like Eddie Howe is that mentality monster when it comes to playing the game you know he wants his team to put a performance in that is worthy of you know at least being proud of so if we don't win then he then he's happy with it but i imagine it will frustrate him so much that he's unable to actually field a team that can give him the performance that he wants but then you know that 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 team beat manchester united uh last week or a few days ago if you if you look at it that way um i i, I just I, I again going back to what I said before, he has got the most difficult job in the world, and it's his own fault for for being a perfectionist. Really, when it comes to it, his obsession with it is there, and I would say that you know Rafa was similar. You know, um, he was frustrated by the fact that he didn't have the the tools to do this. Eddie Howe is is completely uh, hit by injuries now, and and we are seeing a different side to to his game in a way because we didn't have this problem last year. You know, we we really relished the fact that um, we, well, we, we, we love the fact, should I, should I say, that Newcastle weren't plagued by this amount of injuries. It was probably something that might have helped us get used to the problems this time around if we'd maybe had a, a few last season. Um, so, yeah, look, if we if we do have to play that same team, then we just have to face both of them. I mean, we, we need to play like we did against PSG 
siege mentality really is 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 the one. Um, we've got to just try and catch a team on the break and take every single shot. It's going to be like the Alamo for a couple of weeks at Newcastle. That's exactly what it's going to be like. I think, look, the thing with the hell right is that those players, that squad that we've got is an incredibly determined group. We've seen it time and time again, right? And I think actually after a 3-0 defeat away at Everton, I don't know how much how we need to do in terms of getting the players motivated for the game because what we have is a squad of players who always want to come back and always want to kind of make a point after a bad result. We've seen it, um, you know, after the Bournemouth game, for example, but I think we've seen it like on numerous occasions throughout how's tenure um, to set them up mentally. Yeah, they will be, they'll be, men- they will be mentally drained after tonight, but again, it's it's one of those where they'll, they'll get on the training ground and they'll get together and they'll talk through it, which, you know, under the previous manager, you, you can't imagine it would have happened. Um, how we'll also have, you know, a completely different game plan in the sense that you'll understand how Tottenham set up. You'll have tonight's match against West Ham analysed. You'll know what their weaknesses are. You know where we can target them. And the fact that they're on this bad run where they've lost four, four out of five, they haven't won for five games, means that their confidence is going to be brittle as well. And we can target that. We can target that. You know, we, we can go there and get an early goal. And if we get an early goal against Spurs, I genuinely feel that there's every chance that their crowd might start ever so slightly turning on the players, not Imposter Cogdu, most certainly on the players. And that to me is it, it offer it offers me hope, right? No matter how badly we've been tonight, they're very brittle as well. And I do think that the players will really be up for it, despite the fact that the energy levels would have been impacted tonight. I, I still feel that we can go there and get something. So I uh, it's almost like we're going there with a I suppose a kind of point to prove because three nil a three nil defeat for Eddie Hill's Newcastle is a big defeat. Yes, in the first season, you know, we, we lost the way at Man City quite heavily, um, we lost away at Spurs heavily. That season, we lost to Villa 3-0. I think that was our biggest defeat of the season. It's rare that we get tanked like we got tanked tonight. And even then, I would argue it wasn't a tanking in the sense that it was a complete demolition job. We, we conceded two goals when we were shattered, three goals in the last 10 minutes. So I, I still feel that we've got what it takes to go to Spurs and get something. And and I do feel, as I say, an early goal down there, us taking the lead. We could actually come away with three points. God, I haven't even been drinking. Where's this coming from? I mean, I, I have been drinking, and I'm not as optimistic as, as normal. It's just there, but uh, <laughs> true. I, I really agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the the real test here is: can we bounce back after kind of a mid-block defeat? Because our defeat against Bournemouth was at the end of a block of games, and we had the international break. We could recoup some energy. Before that, I think we lost against Liverpool and then we lost against Brighton. I think we lost three games in a row. Again, it was at the end of the block of games. Then we had the international break. This one comes kind of not at the end of an international break. So can we bounce back after three days, having just played the way we did this evening? We showed actually in the first 10 or 15 minutes of of this game and, and in lots of games where we keep our defensive shape, we are really difficult to break down. We have that kind of four and then five across the middle. And then we have one person just stuck up front. And and that seems to work. Very few teams can break us down. Even PSG at times really struggled to break us down, even though they missed some guilt-edged opportunities. Um, but if the strategy is just go gung-ho, uh, you know, as, as we do sometimes, I think I think we'll that we'll get the same results we did this evening, and uh, I think that kind of gung ho way of playing, which obviously we all love as Newcastle fans, requires a squad of 14, 15 players that you can rotate in and out and keep those energy levels fresh. We don't have that at the moment, so I personally would keep the strategy 
shut up shop, keep a keep a defensive shape as we as we did as we do in spells in games. But I would I would probably do that for a much longer spell and maybe open up towards the end once we've conserved some energy. That would be my strategy. I don't know what Hal would do, but given given the circumstances, um, whatever the result, to be honest, I think most Newcastle fans are empathetic and understanding of the current predicament that the, the manager finds himself in. I think we all are. Um, normal fans, I think they are. Um, I want to ask you folks one last question. And um, We've danced around it a wee bit tonight, mentioned it a few times. And it's to do with priorities, what, what your personal priorities for um, Newcastle United are as a fan. And it's about what competition slash what cup are you prioritising um, out of all of them that we're in? Obviously, that's changed quite a lot since the, the draw against Sunderland in the third round of the FA Cup. But eminently, what are you looking at to be a priority for Newcastle United? Um, Emil, I'll start with you. Is it the league? Is it the League Cup quarterfinal? Is it the Champions League um, potential route in the last 16? What is it you would like to see the team prioritise? Um, I think I touched on it earlier. I think Carabao now, our attention turns to that. Um, it, it, it's so weird, isn't it? Because people will argue about what do we want more? Do we want to see us win a trophy? And this whole discourse came up last season, which I'm kind of tired of. I want to see us get as much as we can. And I know that it will take its toll on the team, but we have to prepare and we need to get these players ready for a regular season like this. So bring them all on. Carabao though, beat Chelsea. I know it's away from home and I know we're going to be absolutely shattered when it comes to it. And I, I worry, um, but Chelsea aren't, aren't great. And if we beat that, then we get our lovely double leg semi-final, which as we know, anything can happen. And, and you know, you, you might end up getting Port Vale or Middlesbrough. Finally, something nice to send us to Wembley for a second year. And I think even going to Wembley two years in a row would be a lot for Newcastle fans. It's huge. Uh, you know, we, we always do a good job down there. Great for me as well now that I live in London. So, you know, I won't have to do the, the horrible journey and tracking across Newcastle again. That's the best thing. Me, Norm, and Des absolutely loving that. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I think that'd be nice. Win that and then um, focus on the league. Uh, it, it's, it's a lovely idea, the Champions League, but I think that dream is coming to an end, uh, whether it's shortly after Milan. Um, but... Oh God! I just, why am I? I'm getting stressed about Newcastle going far in competitions. This shouldn't be happening. This should not be happening. But yeah, focus on the Carabao. Let's let's focus on Europe in in a few years' time. Um, but of course, January window, we get through that League Cup. We get some signings. Hopefully, not cup tied. Uh, then who knows? We we might we might just be able to cope after all. Before I ask the other two, I'll, I'll throw my oar in here because I I agree with you, Emil. Um, I think that it's, I think the League Cup has to priority, be a priority. I think we just need to get a trophy under our belt, that monkey off our back. Um, and we have a really good chance of doing it, considering the teams that have dropped out this year. Liverpool are on the competition, of course, but I think Chelsea are very beatable. They showed that last night against a very poor Manchester United side, and they're definitely beatable, even at uh, Stamford Bridge. I would prioritise that over, over the Premier League, Maybe because of the short termism of it, you know, the, the League Cup can be done dust in February or even late January, February. It gives you plenty of time to catch up on points that you, may, you might have missed out on um, while you're prioritising elsewhere. So that's my priority. I'm not sure what it, I mean, what's going to happen on Tuesday. 
our wedding day. It's out of our hands, obviously. So I think it's something that uh, this is very much in our hands. We we go from there. Um, Norm, I'll come to you. Same question, mate. What would be your priority? I would absolutely love to see Newcastle United win a trophy. Don't get me wrong, hundred percent. It's something I've obviously wanted all my life. But but I think getting into the top four, getting into the Champions League again, is vitally important in the sense that the only way we are going to improve as a Champions League team is by playing more seasons in the Champions League. And we've seen this season, I think, especially in the Dortmund games, a little bit of a kind of a lack of nous that Dortmund have. I don't think necessarily Dortmund are a better team on paper, for example, but I think they did a normal in both games. And I think for us to, to get that kind of knowledge that they have, we need to regularly establish ourselves in the Champions League. So I would... It, for the long-term health and development of Newcastle United, I think getting in that top four is probably more important than winning something like the Carabao Cup right now. Don't get me wrong, I would love the Carabao Cup. But thinking outside of my own, you know, my own kind of desires to see Newcastle lift something nice and shiny, I think getting in the top four would be healthier for the club's immediate sort of development. And uh, as I say, make more regulars in the Champions League. Once you become a regular in the Champions League, that's when you start growing as a club and that's when you become one of the real big boys. So yeah, finishing the top four is is really important and it is still very doable. Yeah, I mean, that all makes sense to me. It all makes logical sense. Um, but my my mind um, is elsewhere when it comes to um, to the question because uh, this time last year, I, I would have said exactly the same thing. I want Champions League. I want that PSG night again. Like, I need that PSG night again. We need to attract players like Tonali in the summer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we got Champions League, and then I was at the uh, I was at Wembley in the League Cup final. I saw how I felt how gutted uh, everyone was, including myself. And then, and then we had then we saw West Ham win something, and we saw the the the, the West Ham fans just celebrating for days. And then we watched the Amazon Prime documentary and relived those Wembley moments again. And I just feel like I don't I just I just it needs to be ticked off everyone's bucket list to, to win something. The irony, irony is, by the way, uh, winning the Carabao Cup. We don't seem to have any energy to win any games at this at this particular moment. But the Carabao Cup for me is is the one. Just Eddie Howe's kind of redemption story. Get Amazon Prime back in or whatever streaming service of your choice. Just get them back in. Get them filming. Get us back at Wembley. Let's right that wrong because we should have won that game. Get that monkey off our back. And, you know, we've got we've had the champions league now we've sampled it if we get it we will get it again if we don't get it again next season we'll get it again at some point um we'll keep growing um but we just need that monkey off our back i don't want another another five years of of no no trophy but you know hey ho we're in europe uh we've lived that life we lived that life 20 years ago um and yeah i want to look back in this period uh with really fond memories of winning a trophy oddly positive um podcast tonight for a really dismal result um so um i hope you're all enthused listeners i, I know i am um thanks so much gentlemen for joining me tonight and, and talking through i know it can't have been easy and dear listeners if you made it through the end of this you absolute champions well done uh that was a bit of a slog i'm sure um if you are um uh, new to true faith please do give us a consideration jump on the patreon there is so much content over there um, myself and Ez are usually found hiding behind the paywall there, making 
uh, really interesting comments about teams and the instant reactions that we do for every single game. We build up every game with our match previews, tons of other podcasts as well. And of course, we'll have the reviews as well put up there completely ad-free. But thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye now. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.